This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's WM Phoenix Open. It's storylines, it's best bets, it's one and done. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hey, Greg. Hey, what's going on, guys? Great week. I'm really excited for this tournament. It's a it's a fun week. It feels like, I mean, it, it almost feels like another start to the PGA Tour season. Like, what yeah. number is have, this? Uh, you know, this great field. The yeah, I think it's the fifth start. So I, I'm I'm really excited. I can't wait. I can't wait for all of these guys. So in in all my research, I'm going through looking at all these players, and and it, it there are so many good options. There are so many good plays. So that, I'm really looking forward to this show. Hey, can you uh, can you do your marketing rebrand thing on WM? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So. I think that when <laughs> companies like this, now I, I was, did a little. I was kidding. I was kidding. No, I did a little more looking on this though. <laughs> they're they're a, a fifty-one billion dollar company. That's crazy. They're a huge, a huge company. It's and bigger it's than Viacom really cool. CBS. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's massive, and they're using this week to as a platform for their rebrand. This mm. is really their first go around, which is a big deal. So it Re- speaks to the value that. The PGA Tour provides its sponsors, which I didn't know yesterday. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I think that's a, a really cool aspect. I couldn't believe how big they were. That, I, I mean, that's massive. I enjoyed your little your little uh, soliloquy there on on Monday. It was great, Professor <laughs> well, Greg. Is what it was. Uh, that was Kyle Porter, by the way. KP, there are no adults in the room this time around. Producer Jacob doing something <laughs> oh. else. So we are in big <laughs> trouble, my friend. Oh, gosh. I'm glad you're here because otherwise it would just be, I mean, you know, you've seen me and Greg operate. Um, listen, I, we're, I'm going to talk about this more in a minute. I'm with Greg. This is like, this week is sweet. I, I, I don't know if I like or dislike that it's also uh you know Bengals Rams on Sunday. I don't know if we're allowed to say the name of the event. <laughs> Which by the are way, we? I, I don't know. I mean, but everyone calls it the big game. Why isn't the big game? Why doesn't that have a copyright that we can't say? Shouldn't we be on like the 19th iteration of things that we can call it? Yeah. Well, I, I watch Dude Perfect with my kids and they call it the Duper Knoll, which is <laughs> the Duper Knoll or the Superb great. Owl. What I've heard <laughs> why of. can't why can't we use that term? I just somebody it's paid like, a lot of money for the rights to it. Isn't it like happy birthday where like if you use it, you have to pay like a billion dollars if you sing like one line of it? <laughs> That's I mean, also like like, like good marketing to be able to say it. Nah, that loses its value. Mark Immelman also here. Mark, it's like you probably can't go on television and say, let's get ready to rumble. That's got um, a copyright on it. You can't say that. 
it would be cool, but I wouldn't make it sound as good as coach or somebody like that. So uh, it, that that would be completely lost on me. And, and to this week, it's good to be back with you guys. I know I wasn't really last week. Um, and, and it's an awesome course. It's an awesome feel. But am I the only guy that doesn't really like? I mean, the Thunderbirds put on a big a big event. This thing is huge. But I'm not the biggest fan of the way the fans act. It, it's just raucous, man. But maybe I'm old. Is it is that anti is it anti golf that they're not so classy and um... no 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 don't give me this I've got, I've got, I've got to march a straight line here I <laughs> yeah. love the fact that people come in there to have a great time and I welcome that but when I I'm a father of girls and when I start to see a girls stumbling along in high heels and stuff uh, I'm I'm not a fan of that yeah I mean there was a a couple of years ago there was a streaker running around for you know five minutes i'm not a huge fan of that kind of thing so i'm i'm with you to a degree mark i understand the value and i think there's some good in it but um i I don't think it's just because you're old it's it's uh well 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 well, to that i've done this event for radio a few times and for pga tour live and my first go around with cbs on the show was a couple years ago because it alternates with NBC every time that big football game comes around. You know what I'm talking what you guys are talking about? Yes. And so on Saturday afternoon, it's kind of like Saturday at, at Pebble, where it's it's all about the show and not that much about the golf. And so our producer sends me to 16. And so we're there and it's so loud you can't hear anything in your IFB. And so all of a sudden I hear him going, Mark, we're coming down to you for a live hit. And I'm like, isn't that Amanda's job is what I'm thinking? And then the next thing he goes, there's a gap, find a cameraman. And all of a sudden I see Willie, our camera guy sprinting to me. I meet him in the middle of nowhere and it's three, two, one, go. And Nubbler tosses it to me. And thankfully I'd looked around some because I'd seen the cookie monster. I'd seen a whole bunch of guys dressed up in football jerseys. I'd seen everything. And so I just went, well, you're in the Coliseum. I've seen it all. I've seen a cookie monster. I've seen this. I just really haven't seen Julius Caesar yet, but I'm expecting to see this stuff given what this whole represents. <laughs> And so Nance picked it up and went with there. So that's kind of the event for me. You know, it's 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 just one big circus where they had some golf shots. Yeah, I think I mean, I I think Mark's right. Like six, 16, I get it. Like, I get it. It's like I don't need more of it. I actually need less of it. Kind of what it, it's a little like 17 at, at uh TPC Sawgrass, honestly. It's like I understand what the deal is. Like yeah, at 17, they'll quieten down, Cal. You've been there. At 16, it's just a, it's just mayhem from when the folks arrive to when they leave. Yeah, I just I think I mean from like an overcoverage standpoint of like I understand like what the deal is at 16. I don't need more of it give me a little less of it actually and more of uh 17 at tpc scottsdale which is a sweet hole and i think that that, like i agree with you mark like i don't i don't like attending events where it's just like it it's out of hand and and ridiculous but i think it provides this week there's like a buzz this week people are buzzed but there's also (laughs) there's also a there's also a buzz that I, it, it's just not there at, at any of the events leading into this. It's 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 a little bit there, but this is and I don't like the the fan part of it, but I do like what that creates for the players, which is this atmosphere to play some really high quality golf in. So I think that's more the the part of the event that I'm looking for. Yeah, you're right about that. It's high adrenaline. I'll be honest with you. When we're on the show out there, 16, it, you go in there and you can feel your body ramp up. And I talk to players and they're like. It's amazing how nervous you feel over a wedge or a nine iron on a hole like 16. So it does amplify the things. So you get the guys playing better. But I must tell you, I mean, I know it was sort of picturesque and serene and stuff last week. 
But with Spieth playing well, there was an energy there at Pebble Beach that I hadn't experienced in a long time too. So it's not it's nothing as Phoenix, the WM uh, Phoenix Open, but it, it's it, it's I'm, you've got me looking forward to it now, Kyle, because I was I was apprehensive. Can I can I just go into my storyline for the week? Right? No, hold on, we cannot. Uh, oh, okay. Let me do a quick let me do a quick pick six plug real quick here. Our counterparts over at the Pick Six NFL Podcast are creating your audio destination for the most comprehensive coverage of Super Bowl Fifty Six, featuring those Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. You can join Will Brinson and company each day as they cover the top storylines, detail the X's and O's, and share betting advice to make you money on. I guess I got to say it. It's in the copy. Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, hope we don't get dinged for that one. And of course, they will recap the game right after a new champion is crowned. So download and follow the Pick 6 NFL podcast for the best content during the biggest week on the football calendar. Greg, you are ready to jump in. What Lead us into this storyline about Phoenix and how much Kyle likes it. <laughs> well, the, uh, the thing about the 16th hole I wanted to point out, and it goes along with Kyle's point on 17 too, it takes a nothing hole basically a, a, a very basic hole and makes it something that's a, an incredibly important part of the rotation. I, I was working with a guy named Carl Paulson last weekend who played on the PGA tour and he hit a shot there that hit the, he hit the flag stick. It hit the flag stick and ricocheted off the green an inch onto the fringe. And he was the last one to go in the group and got booed the whole way up. Right. So, I mean, th there's that aspect that it, it adds a pressure to hit the green on a, a very basic hole. And then you combine that with the excitement you get on 15. We remember Jordan hit it in the water there last year. It's a tough tee shot. It's a, a very interesting par five. Then you have 16, which we've talked about. And both 17 and 18 are fascinating holes too it leads to a great finish so it's one of the better finishing stretches on the pga tour each year and i know this sunday we're gonna have another we're gonna have another great finish i yeah i agree i mean the ending is awesome i think what's so interesting about this event i mean if you look at the uh, strength of field it's 15 of the top 20 six of the top 10 uh it's it's the same strength of field number as memorial last year I think you can make the case that this is the best regular PGA Tour stop that that there is, and that's uh, so that's non-majors, non-elevated uh, like Gen like uh, Riviera and Memorial, and non-WGCs. And I think what's remarkable is they took they've taken like a like a benign just. PBC Scottsdale is is fine. It's got a it's got a cool ending. Like the the last few holes are, it creates some drama. But it, I mean, this is this is the best field of the year so far. And it might be at, it's not going to be as good as as uh, Riviera next week, but it's not going to be that far off. And it's just like a, it, I don't know if it's unlikely, but it's a it's an interesting place for all of this to happen. This should be happening at Torrey or at Pebble or somewhere else but it's happened at tpc scottsdale at the phoenix open and it's become you know to date the, the event of the year thus far so i completely agree with you kyle that it has it has completely changed over the last 10 years this thing has gone from basically nothing to one of to us discussing it as maybe the the best regular pga tour event out there and mark i wonder if it's just if it's just marketing 
right? Haven't they just taken like one hole, built a minor league baseball stadium around it, made a big deal out of it? I'm actually surprised that more courses and all all courses have a signature hole, but waste management or WM and this event, they really leaned into it and said, this is going to be our thing and we're going to be known for it. Well, uh, I don't know if you've have you been, have been there, but they, the, the logo of the thing is basically the shape of the Coliseum around there. And they have this sh- sculpture, the statue that they've built behind the T that's got all the hole in, holes in one listed that have been made there. It's got this big thing, which is sort of presumptuous. So yeah, there is a certain amount of marketing. The marketing from our point of view is going to be all about the greenest show on grass and how everything's recycled and, and, and that whole waste management thing that's going on. But, but to your marketing thing and to the event, the folks start lining up like 4 a.m. in the morning, the fans. And yeah. they open the gates at 5.30 or whatever it is, and folks stream in there. And then to get into the general admission on 16, folks line up around that place for hours on end. Because most of it now is these corporate boxes that you get to go in for entertainment sakes. And, and, and to build on the, the, the marketing of it, a few years ago, I don't often go into merchandising, but I do to check it out. And there's this T-shirt, and I bought one. I've still got it. I should have worn it. That says on the front here, if found, please return to the 16th hole. (laughs) (laughs) And then they got the logo of the tournament on the back. So I bought one. And so it's playing on the whole thing that, you know, it's, it's waste management, obviously. 16 is what it's all about. It's the noise. And the whole way around 16, you've got 10 green that's right there. You've got 11 T. You've got 17 T. 18s in behind it there's an energy around that area of the golf course that is like electric but then you go to the fifth hole which is the farthest thing away from it and there's like about 20 people out there family and friends really where everyone else is congregating around the hot spot and around the clubhouse and i've been there in the past where um, francesco molinari made an ace on 16 and i was with uh, bubba watson i'll never forget it on the fourth green and the place just erupted and he looked at me and he goes, okay, who made the ace? And so then we get the word. It's what that's like. And you just get the sound that's just emanating from there the entire time. Well, marketing or not, Greg, I mean, the players have to buy into this. And yeah. the, the idea that they are and that they'll put on the Kobe jersey or the Arizona State jersey and they'll pump up the crowd, actually make noise while you're hitting this shot. They buy into it once a year and now you're seeing stronger and stronger fields. And it's just this cycle. The better fields you get, the more people want to be there. The ele- the you know the, the tournament itself gets elevated. It's it's a vicious cycle, but it's going in the right direction seemingly. Yeah, it's how you do it, right? You drum up a little bit of buzz, you get people talking about it, and um, and and people become known for. It. I mean, we remember John Rahm putting on a Pat Tillman jersey when That's he right. was in, in college. Um, the the Kobe jerseys were were everywhere. People are giving stuff out. Bubba's been Santa Claus out there before in February. So I mean, you have it, it's really unique, and it creates a an identity for the event. And I, I don't think. PGA tour events need this identity every week, but I do think it, you know, tournament directors and event coordinators need a identity. You need an identity. Memorial has a, an Augusta national type feel, a master's type feel coming from Jack high respect and a, a great golf course and a great field that may be hard to replicate, but you need, you need an identity. 
and it, and Honda has created the bear trap, which it, which is definitely one. And Travelers is creating its own little identity. And the more the more you do that, the more attractive the event comes for the players. You talk about that swag. Bubba is certainly the best swag giver on sixteen. But the coolest thing I've seen is Ryan Palmer had a, do- a box of a dozen golf balls. All the balls were signed, and then there was a hundred dollar bill taped around the golf ball, and the note said, "Yeah, you and your friends grab a drink." And so he threw these balls into the stands. You should have seen the folks scrambling to get those golf balls. It was lots of fun. That's uh, pretty cool. You could I, not pay me to sit in those seats, Kyle, for eight hours. And be almost- no, no. And I, I just, I, I keep going back to like, it's crazy that it's crazy that 15 of the top 20 in the world are here. That Adam Scott is like, yo, I need to get to Phoenix. He like He's playing it for the first time this year. Like it, it just... Like, shouldn't that, I, I don't know. Like part of me doesn't really understand it. Like guys don't love this, like, you know, insanity, like throwing, it's it's not like they're like, oh, I can't wait till people throw beer on me and boo me on 16. Like that should be, it. like, it feels like it should be pebble that, that everybody's like, oh, I got to get there. I want to, I want to play there. And I get that it's a pro-am. It's different. Guys don't want to be out there six hours, but it just—it's a very unlikely place. It's a very unlikely stop to me to become kind of the preeminent regular um, tour stop or, or regular stop for the like the 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 best PJ the best regular PJ tour stop that that guys go to, and yet that's kind of what it's become. And as we root for no playoffs, it has gone to a playoff four of the last six years, <laughs> uh, one way. One way or another. Well, listen, it's it's seemingly destined for it on Super Bowl Sunday. We'll see. Um, Greg, little peek behind the curtain here. So each week we go in and we put our storylines into this outline and I go through them and I tee them up and so on and so forth. Yours just says, and I quote, Victor period Hovland period. I think we want to talk about Vic. <laughs> he is uh, amazing to me. And I can't believe how little attention this has gotten. I think it has to do with the fact that some of his wins have been worldwide. But if you include the Hero World Challenge, he's won he's won three of his last five starts. And and he's starting to get into this category where he's he's chasing down a, a Colin Morikawa. And and he's a couple big win a win this week would go a long way. He he's a, a major championship away from entering that realm. And for a while it looked like Morikawa, and he still is, is the best young player in the game. Uh, and and he's certainly the most accomplished. But Hovland's positioning himself in these other events and these worldwide events to be right there in the mix. And I think we're seeing a player that's really evolving and really becoming something special. And the attention around him is a little less than I would expect. Um, and I look at this, the DraftKings board, and and he's the sixth highest priced player. And it seems like he's the hottest player in the world right now. And so I'm really interested to see what he does this week. And, um, and, and I, if it's like, he, he can't stop winning. There's nothing he can do that, that goes wrong. Century tournament of champions didn't go great. T 30 there, but it tied fourth in Abu Dhabi. He won the Dubai desert classic. Now he goes to another desert stop. And I'm wondering if he's able to get another win this week in this field. If, if that will generate a little more excitement and entertainment around him, because what he's been doing is incredible. I know we pay attention to it here, but in the in the general world of golf, he's not getting 
anywhere near the attention that I would expect with this kind of resume. Greg, what's his best uh, by world uh, by strength of field? What's his best win? By uh, I would say, it, I mean, Mayakoba, sure. Uh, probably is it Mayakoba? It's either Mayakoba or Mayakoba. He got um, yeah. So Mayakoba was a three sixty three. The Desert Classic that he won was two ninety four. Those are uh, and actually the Hero World Ch- Hero World Challenge uh, was two ninety six. Yeah, he got the same number of of OWGR points for it as well. So there's so I close. I think part of the problem is. Mayakoba is tantamount to Valspar, right? Yeah. Which is which is a it, it's a good tournament, but it's not like it's not it doesn't cross that threshold of like oh, uh, uh, Morikawa won concession, right? He won a WGC. Morikawa like uh, Morikawa wins even the workday at at Muirfield Village. I think that was probably eh, I think that was a better field than Mayakoba. So, I guess my point is like. Because I'm with you, like he went like winning matters. We talk about it all the time, and he wins a lot. Like he's won off the top of my head five of his first sixty-seven, something like that, which is a ton. I don't care if you're playing Hero World Challenge. I don't care if you're playing European Corn Fairy, whatever. If you win, you win. Mm-hmm. But well said. But I think to for him to be talked about in that Morikawa like echelon. I don't think you have to win a major. I, that, that's not necessarily what I need from you, but I do need like a, I need a Riviera. I need a Phoenix. I need a farmers. I need a players or a, but even a Bay Hill, something like that. Uh, and then it's like, okay, it's on like Hovland's one of the, and I, I think, I think he is one of the seven to 12 best players in the world. But I, I, I really want to see one of those wins from him over the next six months. And I think we're probably going to get it. Like, that's the level that he's playing at right now. Well, I like what you said there. I have a couple of observations. I mean, he is the third-ranked player in the world right now. And it was on Amazing show, to me. Yeah, and on, on a show here recently. In fact, my wife, Tracy, is a big Victor Hovland fan. And she said to me, you see, Victor's now ranked number three because she gets the alerts on a Monday morning when the new rankings come out. Nice. And she's like, uh, Victor's ranked three. I'm like, well, it's not really that surprising. Because on the show, I had followed him somewhere, and I think I said that, you know, I've always been hot on Morikawa because of the way he plays the game, because of the the old head on the young shoulders. Look, the resume goes without saying, but I don't think that comparison is fair right now because Morikawa has the two majors. And that, to me, just lifts him into a different echelon entirely. Now, head-to-head right now, I would probably go with Hovland over Morikawa. Just the way I saw Hovland play the other day, I mean, it blew my hair back. The guy hits it so square. I mean, he's learned to pitch around the greens, which is make, making him lethal, which to me sort of frees him up a little bit and allows him to to just go ahead and play aggressively like he does. And as he's sort of notching up these victories, no matter where they are, that means something to the confidence. And he's playing with a lot of confidence. So in terms of just comparisons, Marikawa was here, Hovland's there. But head-to-head right now, uh, it's touch and go. It's nip and tuck between the two, in my opinion. And and that's part of what I'm getting at here. He, he accumulates wins that are on a smaller scale, which I, I completely agree. They are. Um, they, I mean, there there's numbers to back that up. There's eye tests to back that up. There's all kinds of things. It's nowhere near majors. But he's he's developing this resume of numbers that I think is getting harder and harder for players to uh, achieve. 
there are so many great players on tour now that have win totals that are less than what you would expect. And John Rahm included. And, and it's really hard to win. We see that time and time again, but he has this ability to win without his a game. It seems it, it doesn't seem like Hovland has to play his best to win. And that's a really rare becoming more rare to our conversation on Sunday, Kyle, where you can't make a mistake on Sunday. Yeah. And well, he, he does, he does make mistakes and wins or nearly wins. And he has contended at least contended in some of these really big events. And I feel his, I, I feel one of those is coming like you. And when it does, you, you have a lot of hardware sitting back there that will all of a sudden become irrelevant. Oh, he's got five wins and a major. And there are a lot of players who don't have those five wins in their, in their back pocket. So at his age with his ability, uh, he still has work to do, but I think it's right around the corner and, and it, it'll be, it's setting up for an explosion of attention and an explosion of recognition when when that win happens. And that could be this week, which is why I think it's a big story. Yeah, it is a big story. Uh, Morikawa, by the way, has four wins that are better than Hovland's best win, which is yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. Um, the... Question I had for you, Greg, uh, since the Monday of the U.S. Open last year, so the Monday before the U.S. Open, who's been better, John Rahm or Victor Hovland? So I'll give you the, I'll give you the resumes. John Rahm obviously won uh, the U.S. Open at Torrey that week, and then he went on to have uh, – he finished in the top 10 at the Open Championship. He finished in the top 10 at multiple playoff events, burned down the Ryder Cup, uh, and then we've seen how he started this year. Hovland, the week after the U.S. Open, won the BMW International Open on on the European Tour. Uh, he finished top five at the Tour Championship. He won at Mayaka, but he won the Hero World Challenge, and then he won in Dubai a couple weeks ago. So who, who, who to you out of those two guys since the Monday of the U.S. Open last year has been better? I, I would still say Rom, although I'm impressed by the win totals for Morikawa. I mean, it's it's three official wins and the hero world challenge, which is a, I still think of a very difficult event to win, but he does have some more T 43 T 36 T 44. There's a little more inconsistency where Rom feels like he's just been snake bitten, but contending every single time. So I, I would, I would say Rom over Hovland, but, um, but those win totals are, they're valuable to me. Yeah. Victor is, um, He's a scary dude. I think he's a killer. Uh, I, I think that he is way more competitive. I think he wants to prove a lot of people wrong. I think he wants to win a lot more than we think because he does it all with a smile mark, right? Like it's everything's with the smile and he's not, he's never satisfied. The guy is working. I mean, they all work hard, but he, I, I think he is more of a stone cold killer than most people would expect him to be. Oh, the guy's singular is is how I would describe him. You know, when he's off the course, he flashes the smile all the all the time because he's singular. Then he's not Victor Hovland golfer; he's Victor Hovland cool guy. But between the ropes, when it, they're playing for, you know, if they pull, they're hitting the golf ball in anger and playing for money, he's your he's your guy. And I rate him highly. The more I've watched him play, the more I've be, be, been impressed. And Kyle, to your question, I'd be keen to know. You guys can help me. 
who's earned the most world ranking points between the two of them, between him and Ram. Because to me, I feel like Ram is there more often. But Hovland, when he plays, you, you just your eyes gravitate towards the guy. He's, he's just got that. He's got that something about him that I cannot put my finger on. So this year, and obviously it's very early in 2022, Hovland has earned the third most OWGR points. I'd have to go back and see uh, what they both earned last year. I don't have it handy, but it's probably... I can, you I can give you... Well, I don't have that. I can give you strokes gain since that Monday of the U.S. Open, though. So strokes gain since Monday of the U.S. Uh, before the U.S. Open last year. Uh, Victor Hovland, 1.7 per round, which is <laughs> really good. It's insane. Uh, John Rom 2.5, yeah. which is a joke. Yeah, ridiculous. What Rom's doing is 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 bonkers. Like, uh, like historically bonkers. He doesn't have the wins yeah. to show for it, but but the metrics are um, the closest thing we've seen to Tiger in a while. But then if you look at ball striking since that week, it's a lot closer. So Rom is 1.8 and Hovland is uh, yeah. 1.7, and, and and that that Rahm's gets it. elite around the greens and yeah, totally. lots better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, Rom's part of the equation here because he Hovland's doing what Rom seems to find a way not to do. And again, as as you're talking about what is that? A I mean, over half a shot better strokes gain total. Mm-hmm. Which but he is doesn't a, have which, the trophies. Which, and I, I just I can't help but think that matters. Now I do think, and I'm sure it'll come up a little bit later on. I think that will uh, that's encouraging John Rom and fueling some of this great play. You, you see guys all the time win, and then there's a couple of slow. There's a little bit of an exhale. You've reached that peak. You've gotten to your. You've gotten to your best golf, and you can, you know, unintentionally take an emotional exhale. And Hovland has had a. He's had a few of those, although not lately. And I, I don't think Rom has. I think he's really hungry. He's starving for a victory right now, which is which is good. And I think it it helps, uh, um, it, you know, incentivize more great play. Rom is like the physical, or is like the the tournament version of those uh, videos the European Tour puts out, where they have guys try to hit make hole, holes in one on five hundred balls. Yeah, and they hit like ten shots to a foot. Like that's what Rom is like at tournaments right now. He can't he can't like make one, but he's hitting he's hitting them all to like a foot and a half, lagging it. I mean, it's still it's must watch TV. Hey, I got to tell you, I, I, you know, we've I did the the American Express for live, but that was in studio, so I didn't see them play. I just was watching monitors, and then I was at Torrey Pines on the course, and I had Rom on Sunday, um, and then I was on course last week, obviously, and Rom two dates, is it the shot? of the year for me and it was a four iron into the ninth green on sunday at tory this thing the ball was slightly above his feet there's a like a hurting wind in from the left he's got like 243 total and was like 220 ish to the front and he freaking laces this four iron. it took off like a homesick angel and just leveled off and hit the afterburners and landed on the front of the green rolls almost over the edge of the hole to like 20 feet beyond there on a downslope and you were never going to make and he two putts for birdie, but that shot that he hit, he walked past me. He was like striding down the fairway, and I'm up some. And I walked past him. I'm like, that was good, man. And he looked at me, and you could see these these brown eyes of his were like a light. And he just looked, he goes, thanks. And I've never seen anyone so like He's this intense. Way. Yeah, oh, he was super it was intense. high intense. Still get like wound up from the thing, but this shot that he hit, it was hit. 
I remember that shot. It went straight up in the air, too. I mean, that must have been towering to watch. About ball speed. Well, it, it took off like this way, Rick, but then the thing leveled off and hit the afterburners. I mean, it, it, it was like someone hitting, you know, three metal almost the, the way the thing was hit. It's, it's it's special. It's uncanny. Um, I'm I'm still a bit on, on Jordan Spieth hangover, Mark. I'll, I'll bounce it back to you here on, on Spieth, who, um, you know, I, I think you put it well here in the outline, just kind of a will. A, a will to put the ball in the cup one way or another. Not always the prettiest thing I've ever seen, but the ball gets in the cup one way or another. <laughs> well, okay. I, I had to talk about this and, and I'll credit Colt Nost for the insight because after Saturday, so the group of us go to dinner and uh, so we're just catching up and Colt is holding court a little bit, you know, as much as what he could. And so, you know, he had Jordan and Jordan hit that, that shot from the cliff edge, basically on the eighth hole. And I remember watching this on the monitor going, oh, they're making a big deal about this thing, really. It's not as bad as what I, it is. So the following day, there's a huge holdup. This is Sunday now, and there's a huge holdup, and, and uh, Colt's in front of me with Spieth, and I've got uh, the Cantlay group, and Dottie's in behind with a final group, and we held up on eight. So I wandered down the fairway there, Spieth and them are there, and I go and find out where he hit from. And I just stood over there, and I felt like, you know when... You get that feeling when you're like, ooh, all of a sudden, and you get like shivers up your spine. I looked down there. I'm like, this was just insanity. And I tweeted about it. I'm like, I would have called him off. But then I just watched this guy, and then Colt shares the story where he hits the shot. He gets it through the back of the green, which is just no man's land. And then he pitches it down there, good pitch shot to about 20 feet, and he drains the thing for four. Mm -hmm. All right. And apparently Colt says, Spieth comes to him afterwards, and he says, you know what? I just had to make that putt. He goes, because if I didn't, I was wasting my time. <laughs> and, and and that sort of spoke to the something that Spieth has that is keeping Carl on the roller coaster all day long, you guys as well, and is making me go, this guy, he's like an enigma wrapped in a mystery. I mean, you, you can't put your finger on anything that he does because he makes swings and the swing is changing like, the, like sun up to sun down right now. And he's not that convincing with a driver. The iron game is certainly ticking up, but he just finds a way to score. And he has a guy that was sick as a dog the week before, couldn't find the planet there in Torrey Pines. Then he shows up there at Pebble Beach and sort of plays his way. And all of a sudden he shoots 63 at Pebble when, yeah, it was playing a little easier, but you got to do it. And the guy hit the ball in the right place, made some putts. And then I'm looking at the backside of this guy on sun on Sunday. Right. And, he makes a few birdies, and you just get the sense that he is not going to go away. And it reminds us of a story that a golfer we all like. I'm not going to share his name. The guy's super talented. If you talk about someone who should win more and have more majors as this guy, answered a question, and he goes, who's the golfer that you fear the most? And he said, "Not no one really. He goes, but when you see Jordan's name on a leaderboard, you know he's not going away. And so, yeah, I'm watching Spieth from behind. And all I saw was this guy's rear end in the air the whole day long as he's hauling putts out of the cup on the green from all over the place. And, and as he started making putts, then the crowd goes bananas. And as the crowd goes bananas, he just rises to the occasion. And you got this feeling, even me, the announcer, that this guy is going to win and he doesn't even have his best stuff about him. And it's something you can't put your finger on, but he does it. And then when he gets on a roll, then he starts to build on this stuff. And he never looks like he's afraid of the odd hiccup. He doesn't look like he's fearful of the ball going wide, which he hits. 
because he just knows he's going to make a save. And then he just knows he's going to hit one in position and then make a putt. And all of a sudden, when he's in, con uh, in con con contention there, we've seen him make pars from driving ranges. He's like savvy. And so I felt like I had to talk about him because I was watching this whole thing unfold in front of me for two days where he didn't really have his best stuff. And he nearly won. If it wasn't for Tom Hoagie playing really, really well, I mean, really well. Lord Jordan's got another victory that was that, that was you would have shocked me if you had told me he was going to win on Friday afternoon. There, Welcome to the roller coaster, Mark. Yeah, you, I'm you're watching uh, from the side, big guy. <laughs> I just don't want playoffs. That's all I want, really. Uh, I mean, one, he really, he really does just go. He he gets it rolling, but it's not just during the event, Mark. It, it's week over week. I mean, looking through, peaks, you're right. yeah, he's, and they, they last a long time. I mean, he had 12 or 13 events last year where he gained ball striking coming out of the abyss. And, and in 2017 and 18, it was 21 events in a row where he gains strokes, ball striking. Like he, he finds something and it just, he rolls with it. He rolls with it. He, he keeps it going. It's momentum. I can't help but think last week was the start of a, of another run for him. But you know, you say that Greg, and I'm going to talk to like one golf teacher to another and not to make this sound, um, kind of nerdy. <laughs> and, uh, it, I, like I had Cantley and you watch this guy, he just turns around his spine. The club goes up and down the plane, he hits it out the middle of the bat every single time, draws fades high, low. It's just easy. And it sounds I, boring to me. Well, well, I, 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 I mean, I'm never concerned about him hitting the sats here. That's going to cost him the tournament. That's why, it's, that's why it's not speed. as fun as speed. <laughs> you got speed. And the golf swing looks ungainly and the ball flat does <clears> different <throat> stuff, but he just turns into a magician with a wedge in his hand. The guy, yeah. is, the guy is, it's like Excalibur and he's like Merlin with a thing in his hand. He's unreal. You know who, uh, you know who Spieth is? I might've said this before, so I apologize if I have. Spieth is, he, he doesn't, his disposition and his personality is very different, but on the course, he's he's Phil. He's Phil Mickelson. He's right-handed Phil. Driver can get, I mean, he's actually been pretty decent with the driver of late if you look at his numbers, but driver can be just all over the planet, but he's an elite, elite iron player, which is what Phil was in his in for a long time in his prime. And then, like Mark said, he he he'll get up and down from anywhere you want him to and thrives at Augusta, just like Phil. I mean, there's just there's so many, I think, parallels and similarities with how how Phil has played the game, and uh, <laughs> down to like what is the most enjoyable thing about him, which is that he looks like me half the time, and then he still shoots sixty eight. And you're like, I don't, I don't understand. I watched all of that, and I have, I, it, I, I don't comprehend it. And that's like, that's the, that's the fun of it. And that was the fun of Phil's career. Is like you know hitting three fairways in mexico and shooting 67 you're like I, I don't understand like how what just happened or how it happened and spieth has been a lot of the same for most of his career here is the good news Great. about spieth, and, and i may be showing my hand a little bit here for this week you know the sights here off the tee he mishit a lot of drives you know that as i was watching they were sort of out of the neck and didn't have much behind them, and they sort of like wounded quail through the air a little bit. <laughs> and then they, they'd stay in the fairway, though. It wasn't like it was hit and just wide. And so it, it looks to me like he's finding more fairways. So that strokes gain off the tee number might belie a little bit how the ball hits um, compared to his contemporaries. 
but he's playing from yardages where he's comfortable. And uh, and then he, he hits them close, and then he makes them, and that's the big deal. Last word, Greg, if you want it. Uh, he's really in touch with his feel, which is where I think the Phil Mickelson thing comes into play. And when he gets a feel, when he gets that sense of something that works, he's not afraid to stick with it. He doesn't he doesn't doubt it. He he goes with it and he and he will run. You know, he'll he'll stick to that feel through a, a complete disaster or through five wins. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. He just he he gets on this roll and he runs and runs and runs until he crashes. And he's not afraid of the crash, which is the, that's a big aspect of the similarity to me between Phil and Jordan. And it's why they're so successful, why it's so fun, why sometimes there's epic fails uh, and also epic victory. He's, he's hope, not afraid of the crash. I hope I've got speed this week because I will not have to say a word the entire three hours of the show. <laughs> I think that he wins. Um, and off I he goes. He's, you know, he's going to talk after and he's going to bend down as, oh, Michael, oh my God, it's like, it's like, oh my God, no, it's entertaining. I think he's going to win Riviera next week. I think he might. I don't know. It's going to be a great field. It's going to be I don't a great think, I don't, I, this is not a great like uh, golf course for him historically. He's huh? played well here uh, or he's played decently here. Riviera, like the places that bring creativity out of you. We talked about this, Rick, is that that's where he that's where he thrives. He hasn't played very well there though, has he? Uh I don't know. And I know he finished uh top ten his rookie year. I don't I don't know what he's been after that. It's a perfect conversation to dive into for next week's preview <laughs> of the Genesis Invitational. But for now, we're going to preview the uh, WM Phoenix Open. We're going to get to our best bets, our one and done, and yes, even Mark's nationality pick of the week. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. All right, Mark, it's time. This is the portion of the show in which you have scoured our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook, and you have come up with a nationality bet that you are most excited about. And now that I know the answer to it, we're going to pit Greg and Kyle towards trying to guess what that nationality bet is without an anthem this time. We're going to do a little bit of trivia. All right. So uh, you're going to give a clue, and I'll give a clue, and you give a clue. Oh, if you, I, I listen, I, yeah, I've got plenty of clues. If we want to alternate here, if you've got clues, we can do it. How about this one? I'll start. Mm -hmm. This country. Well, see, I don't know if these are easy or hard. This is where Halloween originated. Hmm. That's actually a very good clue. This is where Halloween originated. Mm -hmm. I read so, this. So, wait, wait, wait. Here's my clue. The nationality isn't a, a country. It's a continent, if you will. 
Okay. Yeah. So the bet that you'd make at Caesars is a. It wasn't one country like Australia or the. Correct. United States but I, I'm giving you hints about the country that the person is from, that they, that golfer is from. Hmm. As if that wasn't <laughs> confusing enough. <laughs> All right. I can give you another one. Yeah. I need another. The currency that they use is the euro. Okay. That's. That narrows it down, right? Yeah. Um, Population, four point nine million. I'll I'll say Havlon. No, no. This Wait, one might. Uh, help. This one. This one might help. Wrong. All right. The first potato was planted there. Seamus Power, Ireland. I don't. Very know. good. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh god, good job. Well done. It is Seamus Power. Top GBNI plus two twenty five. Mark, why'd you find Seamus Power? You're 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 looking for him to rebound after what might have been a little bit of a disappointing weekend for him. Well, save the third round where I was covering him. So I'm going to blame the fact that my colleagues called me the cooler on Saturday evening because I went over all the way to the Monterey Peninsula Club, which everyone was expecting him to shred uh, because it was the easiest of the three for the week. But we got there, and there was a chilly northerly breeze blowing. It was uncomfortable in a number of tee shots where it's sort of in and off the left. And and you inland some and the wind swirling between between the trees. Then when you get out there to the ocean side, the wind was heavy. And, and to me, from what I heard from my colleagues, for the folks who were playing at Pebble, like Spieth and company, it, the, that northerly wind didn't have too much effect there. And so folks had their way with a golf course, whereas all of a sudden Monterey Peninsula played harder, almost a stroke and a half harder, I think it was. And And I had him there and... He got off to a, uh, just a, a, a ragged start and then sort of rebounded some around the turn with a couple birdies. And and the whole way through it, I looked at a guy that really just wasn't completely there. He wasn't hitting the ball on the number, really, but he was putting the ball in the right place. And not once did I ever see him sort of, you know, hang the shoulders and sort of lose the comportment. There was one instance where they came to me and they're like, so what's the scoop over there? And I'm like, well, you can see the mood is down, but never did he look defeated. And then he, he rebounded the round and kept himself in a tie for the lead. Then on the last hole, he gets very unfortunate on that par three that's got a green that's just diabolical. It's the thing right on line, skips forward, hits it like a slope, and the next thing releases like 50 feet away from the cup. Impossible to get it close. And he closes with a three-putt bogey. Um, and so I guess long-winded to say that round on Saturday was on the card. It was nasty. The way he played really wasn't that bad. And I still see a big upside. He's big, he's strong, he hits the ball square. He's playing with a lot of confidence, clearly. And I, I just I, I get the sense that of the GBNI folks we have in the field this week, he still is the form guy. So I'm going with him. That he, also includes, sorry, KP, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, Russell Knox, Martin Laird, Matt Wallace, Graham McDowell, and there's a handful more. But uh, Luke Donald's the last one. I was going to say, he's made Rory like the Rory's like the fourth best player in the world from yeah, ireland i almost bid on that so lowry power <laughs> I was texting who's, who's who's the who's the other one well listen i think um Padraig harrington has has as many major top tens as rory does in the last year right I, you texted that and i almost bid on it i was like who is he referring to Padraig harrington would have he would have he would have played he would have <laughs> i shouldn't say this but he probably would have been more successful at the Ryder cup than rory was oh boy wow uh, what did Rory get? One point, one point on Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tough. The, Tough. Arrington's been great. He finished fourth at the PGA last year. 
He's yeah, in the he Masters. Does. Padraig Harrington is in the Masters, and Jason Day is not. How about that? That's wild stuff. Uh, yeah, but I'm prepared to bet Jason Day will be the way he's going right now. Maybe. Let's there's, move on there's to our. My, there's me acting like Carl. <laughs> Let's move on to our best bet segment, Love and it. I'm going to try to load this in. Hopefully successfully. Oh, okay. Here we go. Greg, why don't you start us off with your best bet, please? All right. I got Taylor Gooch over Ricky Fowler and Brendan Grace. Now, we talked about last night. This this can be a uh, tournament with some sticky course history, as you say, Rick. Um, but I look at Ricky Fowler and Brendan Grace, and the what's what's really important here is iron play. And Ricky's been very inconsistent. And more so towards the bad with his iron play. And I don't think he quite trusts it yet. So I think there's a chance that Ricky comes together and, and figures something out this week. But I haven't seen enough to prove that for me. And Brendan Grace, at the same time, has been very good here, which is why this is a compelling bet. Um, but he, he's been very good here, but he hasn't been great through, you know, recently. He's been really, if, if you look at, so here he's finished second and tied ninth. But if you take if if you look at what he's done of late, he's missed three out of his last four cuts, and he's basically lost since he's lost strokes approaching the green basically since Wyndham, which is concerning. And Taylor Gooch to me just stands out in this group of three players as the very best iron player, and I, and I think he's the very the best player in this group in total. So I'm looking at him saying, all right. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the recent form over the course history in this case, and I like that number at at plus one ten as well. That plus one ten number is the same number as my best bet, Adam Scott over Webb Simpson. I like Simpson, but something's brewing with Adam Scott that he's here. He played well at desert courses uh, all across the pond. I, I think there's something brewing here with him. Mark, you also have a three ball as your best bet. I do, and. Uh... You, you you talk about courses and stuff. It's not necessarily horses for courses, but Denny McCarthy did play really well at the American Express, which to a certain extent is similar golf, the desert stuff. And he, he he's rampant with a putter in the hand. And and this golf course to me, um, TPC Scottsdale, it, you don't have to drive it that well. You can get away with it if you keep the ball in the right fairways. But you've got to hit quality iron shots and you've got to putt because there's plateaus and that on this place. And you get sunshine all day long, and with a little breeze, these greens get kind of crispy and, and and burned out, and they get fast. So skill on the greens is a big deal around here, and there's no one better than well. I've I've been singing about Spieth and a putter, but McCarthy and a putter in the hand is something worthwhile. So I think at plus two hundred, I was I was all over that. Denny McCarthy over Harris English and Keegan Bradley plus two hundred and KP. Your best bet is a very KP esque best bet. Yeah, I'm getting uh, made fun of in the in the comments, which is which is fair. Um, but my, I think my point is like you could have made this number minus five fifty, and I would still take Rom top twenty. He hasn't finished outside the top twenty since he missed the cut at the Fortnite, and he he cruises here. Like he's got, I think everything he's done here is inside the top 15. So it's just, it's a golf course that he plays even better at than all the other PGA tour courses, given how well he's playing right now. It's just, it's very, very difficult to envision a scenario in which he doesn't finish in the top 20. 
Yeah, you might be lame, but you've been printing money on these, so I think we'll give you a pass on it uh, this time around. We're going to go pretty quick here, gentlemen. We've got a little bit of time left. I want to get through our expert picks, and we'll start with our sleepers. Greg, I'm going to take Kramer Hickok, very deep sleeper, 250 to 1. Weird situation where he missed the cut but gained strokes last week, and he's been playing well in 2022. Who do you have? For me, I got Keith Mitchell, uh, which which, I'm – very excited about it. I think Keith Mitchell is a player who's a, a, a good driver of the golf ball and has been for a while here. And I'm just pulling up his exact numbers. But the thing that Keith Mitchell has done is improved on his iron play and he's changed his strategy to do it. And I think that's going to be really important for him. In his last four events, he has a T12, a T7, a miscut at the Farmers and a T12 at the AT&T Pebble Beach. So he's trended in the right direction. That is Keith Mitchell for Greg, 66 to one. Mark, your sleeper is actually just a hair longer than that. Yeah. Uh, I was played three times this new year, Andrew Putnam, T 27. I think it was in Sony and he played well at the American express. And last week was a factor. I played in the final group and he puts it beautifully and, you know, he's got the game trending in the right direction. So I feel like he, he stays in this rich vein of form and plays well this week. Putnam at 70 to one KP you're up. Yeah, Russell Henley uh, doesn't necessarily play this golf course great, but he played well at the American Express, obviously played well at Sony where he probably should have won. Um, and yeah, I like him at, at 40 here. I'll run through the top tens. I'm taking Taylor Gooch at plus 450. I'm on a similar brainwave as as Greg. John Rahm for KP, that's minus 110. Jordan Spieth for both Greg and Mark at plus 220, which leaves us with our winners. Greg, who will hoist? The trophy on Sunday evening. John Rom. I, I just think he's so hungry and he's due. And so my part of my strategy here is just keep picking him. It's going to it's gonna pan out one of these days. So I, I think this is a great course for him. And I think that um, that itch is going to get scratched this week. Give me. And that's an interesting way to put it. I didn't see it going down that way. But hey, I, I just rolled with it. Give me 18 to one on Victor Hovland. You can have my money every single week. Now, Kyle and Mark, you guys have both chosen the same winner for this meek week. Mark will go uh, age first. You're up. Um, speaking of hungry, Justin Thomas has found a way to fumble a few away. And, and the game looks like it's going in the right direction for me. And it's sort of time for him to win a little bit. It's hard to win. The the thing that tipped this one over the edge for me is just his record around here. I think his stroke average is like sixty seven, and, and if you do that four times around this joint, you you're going to be in, you're going to be contending. So uh, Justin Thomas for me. KP, if it's a second shot course, which I believe it is, there's probably nobody better than Justin Thomas. He's twelve to one to win the WM Phoenix Open. Yeah, ten straight top thirties, which to me means he's at least going to be sniffing the leaderboard on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, he's just, he, he's been kind of quietly really consistent after an inconsistent summer last year. And, and, uh, and Mark's right. He's so in 24 rounds here, he's 1.9 strokes gained per round at TPC Scottsdale, which I mentioned Spieth a little earlier. He's actually a little better than I thought he was. He's 1.7. So he's just behind JT, but, uh, yeah, JT has a ton of success here right up there with Kepka, Rom, uh, Xander and Hideki. All right, gentlemen, that leaves us with one final thing to do. It's our one and done picks. We're going to do that, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. One and done. We'll go through these fairly quickly here because we got to get out of town. But Kyle, 1.1 million. You need a little bit of uh, a boost this week. Who's going to give it to you? Well, I do. And I, I didn't think anybody else would pick Burger because of the injury. Uh, I'm I'm just I, – I, I have to go um, – counter to everybody else like when everybody's zigging i have to zag because i'm like a billion dollars down to mark so i went with burger on the chance that like the back is fine because he's playing lights out so like i'm i'm sort of just betting that the injury is fine he's good to go and he picks up his form where he left off which has been one of the top three four five players in the world it's definitely a little bit sneaky uh see Najad at 1.2 million he's taking justin thomas i'm at 2.7 million i'm taking victor hovland because i'm in full panic mode and i cannot go five straight weeks <laughs> i cannot I go almost, five straight weeks i almost without. took rob i almost yeah. took rob <laughs> like i can't go five weeks without earning a single dollar so i trust victor to get me some cash in my pocket for this week greg you've been making moves you've had two good weeks in a row you're at 3.1 million but you're ascending up the board who do you got I'm going Hideki Matsuyama. He is there are two reasons for this. One, he seems like he might be the obvious play here, like the lock it in every year you play Hideki here. But the real factor is everybody played him at Zozo, which is why I'm still which so is far. Where you should have played. I <laughs> so I knew that I knew nobody else would. And I'm thinking this is going to be another great week for Hideki. Uh, Jacob and I went down with the Cameron Tringale ship last week. Hopefully we do not do the same this week because Victor Hovland is his pick as well. The coach is at 3.6 million. He's going with Xander Shoffley and with a $1.4 million lead mark. You are going with who? Jordan, you know what? I'm loving the fact that you guys are burning these huge bullets that you have. I mean, Greg, the last few weeks has been Ram and Cantlay. Lord, yep. that's smacking of desperation, friend. Spieth uh, is not a huge bullet. Spieth's like <laughs> the number 12 player yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah, but you're sitting on him for the Masters and those big money events. No, I, nope. I, I'm, oh, okay. Well, I'm keen to see where you're going to use him. Well, you Andrews. used him already. St. Mm. Andrews. I like Andrews. that one too. No. He's going to win St. Andrews by like 11. That's Rory all day long. Um, no, I, I'm going to speak. You're taking to- Rory at a major. Mm-hmm. I'll take Tiger at St. Andrews. Yes. I love that. <laughs> and, just, and then, you know, just... what's going to happen is Louis West isn't going to dust them all. And we all <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the way Spieth is playing, you know, he plays well in streaks. Greg made that point and I saw enough last week to make me a believer. So, uh, Jordan Spieth for me. All hey, right, gentlemen. Hey, okay. real quick, pull up the most recent comment. I know I got to get out of here, but I just yeah. Talk well, this to is your hard stop. Which one? Jet Jet Blue Amigo. This Spieth, one. Spieth is not a Jet Blue, my man. Spieth is is he almost won two majors last year? So I don't know what to tell you. Like he is he is. I almost one won of, two majors. He's, he's a huge bullet. Yeah, he almost won the Open. He should have won the Masters if he get a put. If he wasn't like second to last in putting there, so get out of here with that. You yeah. know what? If 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 I tied my brother's yeah. hands and I played with his golf clubs, I almost might have been a major championship. No, that's we're talking about like money, or, or we're not talking about like did, like a binary. Did you win or did you not? We're talking about can you can you earn a million dollars at a major, which is second, third, you know. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
That'll do it for this mega preview pod for this week's WM Phoenix Open. You can find Greg Ducharme on Twitter at the Real GFD. Kyle Porter is available at Kyle Porter CBS and Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.